Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Lights out for Dr. Light. Gar and Rachel have a lover's tiff and Deathstroke just wants a rose. Aw, boy effing wonder strikes again. We are talking DC Titans Season 2, Episode 5, Deathstroke. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's that's how we come in. I feel like we come in like superheroes. I don't know about that song. I don't know about that song. You know whose fault? No, I know. I know. You know, this was with Teen Titans because Teen Titans had that anime feel. It had that anime feel, so they were going for that motif. Yeah. Was it really? Like it was like crude anime. It like, was the Americanized version of anime. Yeah. I would be, mm-hmm. I wouldn't okay. be surprised like if Samurai the Samurai Jack. Exactly. And they look. went for that. That's what cartoons are now. Cartoons have definitely transformed throughout time. 80s cartoons are very different than the 90s feel, 90s feel, 2000s. 2000s was very SpongeBobby. Mm-hmm. All the cartoons had that feel. There was this like filter, and then of course, then 2010s hit, and everything becomes anime. Dragon Ball Z is just the the basis foundation for all cartoons at that point. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I like Tenchi Muyu. That was pretty good. I don't too. know which which decade had the best cartoons. Oh, I have an the opinion. 90s. Yeah, I was gonna say nineties. I'm gonna have to go with the eighties. I'm gonna have to go with the eighties cartoons were the best cartoons. And and I can go through the list. The Transformers, <laughs> GoBots. You just had you just had a lot of cartoons with a lot of with storylines with storylines that were actually way more adult than they needed to be. Mm, well, mm, yeah, yeah, there were more intense stuff. People died. I mean, look at you know uh, Transformers, like you said. Yeah. And the only reason I'd give the '90s 100% like '90s is is a viable option is because of the DC X-Men. animated no, yeah. and yeah, the Marvel X-Men, animated. Yeah. They came to life. Uh, in that 90s period, they were just great shows. Yeah. 2000s, ah, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I feel about that. 2010s, of course, we get this, and now it's 2019, and we are talking. DC Titans Season 2, Episode 5, Deathstroke, as we're getting into this nitty-gritty mm. uh, war of of the group right now. Of course, on this panel, we have all the way to the left, uh, the killing joke himself, yes. Mr. Mr. Five Minutes. Yes, Mr. Five Minutes, a.k.a. Jeff Williams. I appreciate you <laughs> appreciate you being here and everything, but no, I'm rocking the, the shirt because of Joker. I saw that this weekend it was an interesting movie i'm definitely gonna have to check it out twice to actually fully gather everything that went in and put like a full-on um reaction but i feel like she would know if anything how to react to to movies and by she you mean the one and only chauncey k robinson in the building hey y'all yeah i actually uh released a yeah review of that of course you did. <laughs> she gave it a zero. Ashley gives everything. No, I didn't including actually, her love life. Whatever. Oh, well, I'm just actually. saying. We talk about so many things. And of course, I will be your host of the panel as uh, we discuss all these things. My name is Teron. If you haven't uh, met me, then you haven't been watching because uh, I discuss so many DC after shows that I'm, DC calls me and asks me for ideas at this point. That's what they do. No, they don't. I hope they, not. They actually call Chauncey, which is the craziest <laughs> part of this. They actually call Chauncey. 
Okay, they have mm. to appease her because she is a verified Rotten Tomatoes critiquer. That's true. That is a true I statement. I your score. We will be talking <laughs> so many things this DC's Titans Season 2, Episode 5, Deathstroke, as I reinstate. This week we talk Finding Jason, Gar and Rachel's Lover's Tiff, Corey's Back, that's your fave, uh, Raven's Powers, Hawk Hurts. Aww. <laughs> uh, remember the Titans. Let's talk about that past thing that we don't know. Dick and Corey have a heart to heart, and maybe a little more. Mm. And Jason Todd falls. Oh, takes a little slip, a little dip, banana pill. Uh, all that more. We have some news and gossip. Of course, our special a special segment. Uh, don't be a dummy. What's it called? <laughs> that wasn't very smart. Either way, you know what I meant. And of course, we have some great predictions coming to you. What were your overall thoughts about this episode, Jeff K. Williams? <laughs> Jeff K. No, I thought this episode was really good. Um, I was kind of battling on how I thought the overall um, episode went just because I was battling with Dick, and we'll talk about that more on on later in the episode. But yeah, I can't th- wait to hear about you yeah. battling with Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... We're going to move past that part. And then also, <laughs> Chauncey, there was multiple times in the episode where I was like, Chauncey's going to love this. Cha- <laughs> like, this is straight for Chauncey. You were thinking about and, okay. and then we'll get into that, too. But, like, I, right when I got in here, I already saw her smiling. Like, yep, this was her episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm wrong. No. Well, let's find out. Let's ask Chauncey K. Robinson. I feel like the season started. I feel like this was the best episode of the season thus far. Not saying that the ep- other episodes weren't necessary, but I felt like now we're into... Like, I think, I don't want to humble rag. It won't be very humble, but I was pretty much right with most of what I said last episode in terms of, you know, the situation with Dr. Light and Deathstroke, uh, Corey, the dynamic. And I think we just saw how much, how well things work when we work in the present and we work with our core four. Interesting. Interesting. Chauncey K. Robinson came through with the uh, positive review for mm. once. I'm very <laughs> impressed. I, this uh, this must have been... I'm going to change my personal opinion about the episode. I think it was a great episode. Too. If Chauncey says it was great, then it must have been great. I enjoyed this episode immensely. We heard a lot. I thought this was going to be a flashback. We don't get a flashback. We get in-the-moment, present tense episode we get a lot of action we get a lot of drama we get a lot of suspense and of course we get a lot of Corey. and Corey is chauncey's favorite and (laughs) also my boo so i'm glad that Corey is back and we get a lot of things that are setting up for the rest of the season this is a perfect mid-season show chauncey because it sets everything up everything else up to this point was necessary in my opinion And we go forth. The first thing we get into is the finding Jason aspect. Jason was taken at the end of episode three by Deathstroke. And we see him being, basically he's tied up. He's being kidnapped, so Mm -hmm. to speak, and being used as bait. Your thoughts on finding Jason? I'm just waiting for when Garth's going to take over the mantle and sit down in that that table. Because it seems like he's going to be that person to, to... not the tech guy, but the person behind the computers. Because if you see, he's like, our Dick's over there wondering where Jason is, looking around. He's like, I can't find his tracker and everything. And Garth gives him another idea. He's like, oh, wait, maybe I should do that. And he's kinda, I don't know. He's Garth kinda, gave him the wrong idea, and then Dick kind of figured out the right idea without mm-hmm. mentioning yeah. it. Yeah. Dick was like, oh, yeah, we can't use the satellites and then and then of course on the next thing he's yeah. using the satellites but even with like Rachel and and um Jason and 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 Garth when they're just uh, them three together he's usually the one kind of in the computer kind of finding everything i kind of wanted him to take that lead and use that as his lead because right now he only has so many avenues to so you lead want him in. to be the 
man behind tech the computer. guy because you're tired of seeing him just be a tiger that sits around. I yes, can understand 100%. that. Yes, 100%. I can understand that laying tiger thing. At this point, I just don't understand why Hunter doesn't just come and just shoot him. And but we literally saw a laying tiger a at the end of this episode. somewhere in America waiting to shoot Gar. Wow. Like... Like he was, he was literally the laying tiger in the end of the episode, watching over Rose. So well, I think that, that's probably budget or something. But I don't. I think one of the things we're seeing with Gar is that he can be useful outside of his. And I think that's. I mean, maybe because they can't have him changing a whole bunch of stuff, but we're seeing him being useful and having. I really loved like his character uh, this episode and the conflict he was going into. You know, but with you know Jason in particular, I think. I did think it was a little silly that only the past Titans team went out to find him, and they and once again they're doing this thing with um, you know Rachel and the other not so much Rose but more so Rachel and Gar. Where it's like why is Dick treating them so much like a junior team when last season you know they were part of his team you know and it's like he's kind of relegated that I, I it became more prominent this episode and I'm like you probably could have done better having all of you out all hands on deck well can I be very very frank we don't know what's going on with Rachel and her powers yeah. so but we're Dick not doesn't sure. know about that but we're not sure, and you're you're assuming Dick doesn't know, but Dick seems to know what goes on in his house. There are mm, a lot of cameras he? everywhere. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, we have a tiger gar who turns into a tiger, and maybe he just feels like they're not ready, and especially being back at the Titan Tower, we get this flash of, uh-oh, I have to make sure we're all ready to go. Simply because, for some reason, the death of Gar Aqualad was so dramatic to them, and whatever <laughs> happens reason. to them, for some reason, <laughs> and because they, it leads to a lot. But let's get back to finding Jason. Yeah. So yeah. we see Jason being tied up. What were your thoughts on that specifically? Just how Jason was acting, reacting to Deathstroke, how he was found to begin with. I think it was really smart of him, and and it might not be portrayed as smart, but I think it was very smart how he kind of tricked Dr. Light into getting closer to him because he knows he can take Dr. Light on a hand-to-hand or just foot-to-hand combat. And I... I still think he's kind of young because he didn't know the elevation or like where he's where he's at. Like he didn't know Deathstroke's waiting for him, or probably didn't think that. But like he did good enough for who he is, and also he's still young, and they showed that. Yeah, I um I think that I one of the things I wrote down was like Jason was being very resourceful in getting out. I thought I kind of laughed when Doctor Light bought a light bulb inside, and I was like, man, this guy is just. Um, and then he, he, he gets you know Jason is quick because one of the great things about Jason is that he knows how to get on people's nerves, and sometimes he uses that almost like a skill set. And so he totally like, and he says that he's like, I could talk for hours and hours, so he brings him close enough. And I thought, I mean, if Deathstroke hadn't been there, he probably would have gotten out. So, I mean, for the most part, I think this showed how capable he can be. But then it was kind of weird towards the end with him not being able to get himself out of the hands, uh, the bounded hands, when he was able to do it earlier. But, yeah. Well, we'll see, because we don't know what happens. I mean, of course, we know Jason Todd doesn't have the best life when it comes to the comic book, but right now I don't know if he perishes. We'll get into that in predictions. When it comes to finding Jason, however, I did enjoy Jason's back-talking and how he was, especially because at first it seemed as if he was just simply being obnoxious, but of course he lured Dr. Light in and was able to uh, incapacitate him through means of his, his tactical maneuvers. And after that, of course, Deathstroke comes in. That Deathstroke is the anti-Jason Todd. Deathstroke mm-hmm. is calm, He's collected. He's always cool. He knows his strengths. 
And here's the thing. Even Jason is aware. Every time he runs into Deathstroke, he feels fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Deathstroke is his champion, even though they've never really matched up. He knows Deathstroke is willing to do whatever it takes, and he doesn't take it personal. It's not. It's it's unemotional. It's I, methodical. I almost feel like Doctor Light is almost more reckless than great than than Jason is, just be in the fact that he's going at Deathstroke like this is not part of the plan. We should have did it. I'm gonna just do it myself. Da 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 da. Knowing that he he could barely take down Jason, he's gonna go down and take down the rest of the Titans. And lo and behold, gets shot. Well, that's a great way but to like, start. Let's talk, Doctor Light. Doctor Light, uh, how did that work out for him? Not it. It didn't work out at all. He couldn't even get out the driveway. Yeah, <laughs> that show got him. But it's like you kind of see the levels to being a villain and just levels to just being successful in whatever in whatever realm. Because he's like, nah, we gotta do it now. We gotta do it quick. And he was showing the immaturity that you see in Jason. And you kind of see in some of the other um, younger Hawk. Titan, yeah, and Hawk as well. But um, but yeah, so that just kind of bit him in the butt, and it was time. I don't know if I would use the word villain to describe Doctor Light, especially <laughs> on the show. Doctor Light seems to be more of just a an annoying guy. He seems to just be like a bad person. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, Deathstroke is a villain, uh, yeah. and to me, a villain has a higher purpose. Uh, there's a method to their madness, even if. We don't particularly understand it all the time, as we would see in the case with the Joker. The Joker is a supervillain. He has a principle. And even though that principle, of course, is not uh, not a community collective, this uh, goes against the grain, Mm -hmm. there is something behind it. Something. Dr. Light, I don't even know what Dr. Light wants. He doesn't want money. He doesn't want world domination. He do, he just wants light bulbs. And yeah. by the way, there's no 60 watt really... light bulb that's powering you. Like, like I just, <laughs> I'm glad he's dead. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, like, well, like some people are saying in the chat, like, you know, he's an antagonist. He's counter to what... Uh, the Titans want in the sense that you know they want to live. He wants them to die. That's about it right now. We don't we don't even know why like, he wants them to die yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they put him away, but we don't even know how that came about. He wasn't originally. even away that long. He was away for like four years. Well, I my, mean, that's my, my guy was hurt. He was upset. No, <laughs> they aren't Takashi here. They're not putting him away for life. This is simply to me, Doctor Light. If he's an antagonist, it's a poor choice. To me, he's mm-hmm. more of a of a useful tool simply. For for Deathstroke. Well, that's Deathstroke what exactly happened. Him. That's it. That's exactly what happened. And once he became yeah. useless, Deathstroke mm-hmm. got rid of him. Well, but- he did become useful, but in death to Deathstroke. It was more so, I'm going to send them a message. I'm using you. You've gotten me. you got me what I wanted, which was to get all of them in one place. Now I don't need you anymore. And, yeah. I mean, we kind of, like I said last week, we kind of sensed that, you know, Deathstroke was going to use, you know, we saw with Dr. Light that he was an expendable character because he was yeah. a loose cannon, because there wasn't much going on. He was, He's not very compelling. So we kind of figured he wasn't going to be long for this world, just in what capacity. And we saw that this episode where it was like, I mean, it was kind of anticlimactic, you know, just shooting him and then it's like, here's a message. I thought it was actually really well done. I actually found out that they were going to use a horse's head, but PETA intervened. Whatever. <laughs> so they just they used a human being. So, oh, God. Here's the thing. Four months of planning they had. Four months of planning, Dr. Light mentions. Yeah. And now we know that Dr. Light's plot was simply to re-engage the old team, the mm-hmm. Titans back together. If this is about Rose, then why did Deathstroke, why did Rose happen last week 
and they've been planning for four months. Well, you heard in the conversation with them, Dr. Light was saying, we had planned for all these months, and then you found out your daughter was with them, and you've Mm -hmm. abandoned it. So I think what was occurring was that Deathstroke saw, of course, Jason Todd getting on TV saying, you know, you know, Titans is back. back, And then it was like, let's go after them. But then he also found out they had Rose. So that kind of maybe switched his plans, but it's kind of like to what exactly? Yeah, and if at the end of the day, if you know you're not running the, the show, you can't really come at the guy that's that's the main person. Dr. Light doesn't yeah. know he's not running the show. He and, thinks he's a partner. And he thinks he's a partner, and he's obviously not a partner. It reminds me of how partner. when and you and I interact, when you think we're equal. And then he's and just I'm a villain of the day. And yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yes. <laughs> just, okay. You got your, just the 17th out of 23 episodes yeah. of Flash, he's just that villain of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mid-season. Yeah, I'm the guy who's, I'm the guy, Flash is the fastest person in the world, and I'm the guy that's just a little bit faster. faster than Flash. Oh, my God. Every okay. single season. So, okay. Here's the here's the interesting aspect because Chance, you brought up the fact that Rose comes to play and you feel that uh, Doctor Light, since he insinuates that Deathstroke abandoned the plan, I think Rose is part of the plan. Just mm-hmm. that not what Deathstroke brought Doctor Light into. I think that Deathstroke had a bigger plan mm-hmm. and that this is actually playing exactly the part. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Light just simply wasn't aware. Okay, I feel that there's more to these things at stake. Let's talk about Gar and Rachel when we're talking about more at stake. These two had <laughs> these a lovers' two. team. Lovers, spats. they did. Yeah. They did. Rose brings it up. It's like so. You don't like him, or she don't like you, or she, you don't like her, or she said, and, "Like, where's your girlfriend?" And she's yeah. like, "She's not my." And I was like, "That's okay. the, that's what really pissed him <laughs> off." Like, she he was cool with everything else, like getting under his skin, and then you just bring up Rachel. He's like, "Okay, this that's is not it. my girlfriend. <laughs> that's not my girlfriend." And then he goes over there, talks to um, talks to Rachel, and goes off on her like that was a good plan because you know she she could beat you up any any day of the week, even without when she sleeps. So it's. It's a weird dynamic, but I feel like Corey is going to be the person to help that situation because she is the mom in that in that family in the core four, as as uh, Chauncey always says. But like, I don't know how Rose is going to interact with that. Like, was she there just to push that story forward, or is she actually going to be involved in that storyline? Rose is probably going to hook up with somebody else. Jason eventually. Todd, probably. That's what it is in the comics <laughs> usually. I think. But Jason Todd. <laughs> I don't oh, think wait. he deserves that She's romance. Not like he about might him. be dead. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Um, I think... He thought Rose was dead. Yeah. Well, I think with Gar and Rachel, I appreciated that angst that they had at that moment. Like, them really going at each other. One, you know, expressing... First of all, Gar expressing... Um, I think someone in chat, Gina James, had explained, like, if you're not going to give him more to do, just make him a cameo or something. And mm-hmm. I think in this episode, although it wasn't a lot, because I think I do think the focus was a bit more on Corey, I do like that he was able to have some conflict. He was able to have a moment where it's like, I'm not completely okay. I'm not the cheerleader of the group in this moment. I'm not the fanboy, because he's kind of been a fanboy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, is that Robin? Is that Batman? And he's having real issues. And I'm kind of wondering, when is someone going to be there for him? Because Rachel can't right now, right? Because she's going through her own stuff. And Corey's there for Rachel, but you know, I don't see Corey being able to have heart, to, having the same kind of heart-to-heart with Gar. So, yeah. I think he needs someone else, too, that he can kind of confide in. And I don't think Dick can be that right now. Well, you can confide in me, Gar. Here's the thing about <laughs> Gar. Uh, was it just me, or did Gar look old as F in this episode? He just looked like a grown-ass. Like, well, usually he's, he's young. Yeah. yeah, but he usually <laughs> looks young within the range. But this one, because we was did talk anger? about... And, we did talk about some type of 
make up malfunction last episode. I felt like there was another one this episode. Really? I felt that Gar came off older. His mm. makeup wasn't on as much. I wasn't a fan. It actually, this is the first time that I saw the two together and I was like, don't you touch her, you old man. <laughs> I think you're you're echoing some people in the chat and some people are like, it's not a romance, it's gross. But I think that's because of the idea that the actress that plays Rachel uh, is about 15 and the actor that plays Gar is about 20. She's been 15 for five yeah. years. I, don't <laughs> see I thought they were both roaming around she the did. age of 17. I thought that's how they were portraying they them. Yeah, they are Although, I will say there's a little weirdness with that. Because he comes from Doom Patrol, and they don't exist in time, if you watch that, it's like everyone's kind of older than they really are. And I kind of wonder if Gar may be the same. Gar's 97? Yeah, we don't know his backstory, because that's one of the problems, too. Like, we know that he was found in Cambodia, I think Mm -hmm. it was. But it's like the way that picture was from when he was discovered, it looked like it was... Well, it that's... sounded like it was like the nineteen. It looked it like that. It looked like that picture was like the nineteen seventies. So maybe he is older. But once again, that's the one short. That's one of the shortcomings of the show that we haven't dived into. Just really, how old is he? Because I know the Doom Patrol. All of them are like eighty. Mm-hmm. We would love to know more about his back. Just yeah. being found in Cambodia is not enough for me. I'm so sorry, <laughs> and I don't like that portrayal of this Asian baby being found in Cambodia. Well, that's where we find Cambodian babies. Well, it was during the war, like, that was going on, you know, sure. so it was, like, this idea that he got, you know, injured in Cambodia. I mean, it could have been Vietnam. It could have been, I mean, not that saying all Asians come from these very places, but, you know, I mean, yeah. it kind of makes sense I understand what you're saying. You're trying to make sure that you're not kicked off Saturday Night Live, but we're just simply bringing up problems in the show and its timeline yes. and its storyline because they are gaps and are missing and we would like those filled that's simply what we're saying Uh, if you agree at home we'd love to hear from you because honestly you are as much if not more so part of this panel as each and every one of us yeah and you guys literally make us the ESPN of TV talk whether it's the comments the likes like you guys subscribing we love interacting with you guys either if it's through Twitter or Instagram we love communicating with you guys but if you guys are watching on YouTube remember to like it as well as subscribing and if you guys listen to iTunes Spotify give us that five stars because I need all five of them but continue to interact with us continue to comment with us and we're bringing you guys into the show as we are doing it live so continue doing that and we just appreciate you guys all the time thank you so much for being you uh you know who i would love to thank Corey. yes <laughs> Corey. she don't want your thanks but you don't know I what think... she wants you don't know nothing about Corey. i know a That's lot about Corey. i love me some and someone Corey. said last week i'm the Corey of the show you are <laughs> the Corey of this show? Yeah, that's what someone said. So. You aren't even the Corey of your own show. Oh, I'm yes, like, I am. I'm not looking you? at the You're comments. not Dick. You're a Dick. No. <laughs> so here's the thing about Corey being back. Okay, and I know Ryan in the booth appreciated that. <laughs> so here's the thing about Corey being back. Corey comes back, and there's immediately... Corey is the voice of reason. Yeah. Yes. Corey is the voice of, of logic. Corey has, as Dick puts it... Natural leadership abilities. Yes. Thoughts on Corey being back, Chauncey? I loved it. I mean, I wrote down, I was like, this the, the end title of this uh, episode should have been next time call Corey sooner because I feel like so many things made sense. Like, it sh- everyone was doing, like, the old Titans were doing their little, you know, group me, and she was just like, you're turning into monsters yourself. What's the point of that? And she was the voice of reason. And I'm glad they let her do that because I think. 
there could be a natural uh, default to have Dawn be that because she's a little bit of the sweeter kind of character. But what we saw with Corey is not necessarily her being the sweet character, but she's a queen. She's literally a princess. She is royalty. She is a natural leader, as Dick, you know, explained. And I think it just, everything clicked a lot better. You know, Rachel had someone to talk to. Uh, there was a voice of reason. There was a second real leadership there going on. And, of course, I love the Dick and Corey interactions. Uh, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, Dick and Corey, <laughs> The subtext too. of their conversation. I mean, and the fight scene. And they're mm-hmm. great. I mean, it was. That was a great fight it scene. It all just worked. And it, I, I love that we got to see her powers a bit more, like the shield and everything. I'm like, you, we got to, and the backstory of her powers being similar to Rachel's of yep. not being able to it, to not be able to control it. I did not like that everyone on her planet seems to have this power, or at least we're going to assume all females on her, yeah. on her planet. We don't know. It could be everyone, mm-hmm. but we're just going to assume at least everyone... It, there are a lot more people yeah. with Starfire, as she places it. We learn about Transfiguration. Yeah. Uh, we learn about the fact that there are these swore bla- bracelets until they reach maturity and can use their powers. So, Jeff. I'm not I'm not too sold on the on the fact that everybody has the same exact powers of her because she she mentions that for some reason she's too strong for her bracelets and everything. So she if, even if they do have the same powers, there's still levels to the powers, and she's still able to be more powerful than those. But that's beside the fact. I think this episode as a whole was literally her episode from the beginning when she led when she came in as like the voice for everybody, like you said. But like. For example, she had it was great when she was doing one-on-one meetings with everybody. Was it Don uh, when she was doing it with Donna? When she was doing it with um, Rachel? When she did it with Dick? Like she got to the people that needed it in this moment the most. Not really with Dove and, and Hulk, but I mean they had their own they had their own situation and they held yeah. it held it down. But like she led in every different situation, and I love the fight scenes. Um, I was I was upset that Dick didn't tell the group, but then I was happy when it was just those two fighting Deathstroke, and then I loved the one-on-one with her and Deathstroke, and I wrote that down, that that was my favorite part of the episode, was her one-on-one fighting scenes with Deathstroke, because I feel like we needed to see her more powers, we needed to see more of her backstory, and understand that she's a queen, that she's used to this, that she's ready to lead, but she doesn't want to, and she's more powerful than all of her people behind her, and that she can relate relate to Rachel and everything, so I love that, and I want to see more of that. And I, I wonder, and I, I ask y- y'all opinion too, it's like, do you think that she was like um, an ace in the hole for Deathstroke? Like, not ace in the hole, what's the other saying? Like, uh, that I, he wasn't expecting her. I feel like I he was very saying. surprised by her powers, everything. And I feel like if he had been planning this for four months, maybe he didn't take her into consideration. Like, maybe she was like a you know, mm-hmm. like well, she, he, he doesn't know. Su- he doesn't know about her. She, he knows about the old team. So yeah, but he also he kind of seemed like he knew about Jason and all of them because yeah, he Jason was telling was Batman. But he's yeah. been planning for four months, so he knows about somewhat of the new character. Yeah, the new and he team. knew about the older ones. But so for whatever, he just seemed very surprised about like. He, I mean, he eventually yeah. adapted, but it was like, who is he? He doesn't shooter? know about Starfire yeah. because Starfire did not play a part in yeah. the Deathstroke. True. There's the old team and the new team, and Starfire simply showed up on mm-hmm. the door. Literally today. I'll tell you what I did not like about this Corey coming back. I did not like the Dick Grace and Corey interaction, which ended with, I love your new hair. I hated that line. I thought it was cute. It was cute (laughs) if she didn't have 
what was a more natural look mm. first season, and now she has the straight hair, mm. which is the the gentrification of black hair yeah. in this season. <laughs> I love your new hair. I just, I just He's couldn't like let that go. I think that was more or less of a line to like give Corey the nod that he's lying because she even used that when she was coming back. You like, you really think that you compliment my hair is gonna like That's trick me or whatever? Me to say yeah. bye. So like, I think that was more like just a throwaway line. And the 100%. fact, hundred percent, and we're but, gonna get into that with the yeah. news and gossip because I did have to look up the writer of this okay. episode because I was like, well, do we have people <laughs> of color in the writing room? And you'd be surprised to find out the answer. So we'll get into mm. that in news and gossip. That's the only part about it that I did not like. However, Corey being back is amazing. Corey's mm-hmm. logical. She's smart. She is the. Uh, the, the the lead female. She is the one <laughs> who brings the it all together. Of this show. She she's definitely an important part of the show, and I'm glad that she's back on the team. <laughs> Eon and, told you he said nothing natural about red hair, fam. And I, I, I do I do like her I do like her new hair as well as well I like the old hair a little more. Yeah, you're wrong. Let's talk about Raven's powers. Raven's powers were are almost too powerful for her to control. She cannot control. We see this in the battle with Rose. We see this while she's sleeping and Gar like an idiot sticks his hand in. Like he sees the swirling oh. black evilness, which by the way almost killed him at the end of last season, going into this season. And then he's like, "Let me touch it." I feel like, Gar, did you get her consent? Let's talk about Raven's powers. I loved it. I I mean, I know she's having issues with it, but, I mean, that fight scene with Rose, and she does, I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, because already with Corey, I love Corey. I think Corey's so strong and powerful. But with Rachel, even though it's not under wraps right, right now, like, just watching that scene and her, like, I was like, she just decimated Rose. And it was, like, it was bad, but it was also, like, how awesome once she gets her powers. I mean, and we haven't even done like since last season the whole thing of her being able to heal people you know they kind of dropped that we have mm-hmm. she hasn't I don't even know if she's fully discovered that I mean I guess she did with Gar but it wasn't working but you know it's it's just, it was awesome yeah <laughs> just to jump on that I, I love seeing it but I wanted more and I, I want more in the fact that she she even says that when she when her dad took her heart out she lost the powers that she had and kind of had new ones to an extent so she's still learning out what power she does and doesn't have and I want to see more. I want to see someone challenge her because, no offense, Rose wasn't really even a challenge for her. Like, she, once she went on full Raven, she just threw her against the wall, and that was that. So I want to see someone kind of compete with that so we can kind of see her full extent of her powers or majority of it and then kind of grow and learn and be able to control that. Well, we did see someone be able to compete with it. We saw Trigon. Oh, wait, no. So... <laughs> That guy. on for 12 <laughs> seconds. He, he, he's, he's the devil who had no powers. From the, like, no, he's probably a, the fourth layer of hell. It's like or a something. Walmart brand that's, devil or that's something. That's not yeah. what we're going to get to. Her powers were amazing. I like seeing it. I didn't think. Uh, I, I didn't think that she would kill Rose, but she did when she came to full power. Is she able to control them? We'll get into that. I think it's interesting because in the comic books and in the cartoon, uh, that evilness is Trigon. Now, in Mm -hmm. the show, we're developing a situation where it's her. Mm. This is who she really is, truly is, or at least who her powers want her to be. And we'll get into that as some type of epiphany on her own. And Corey says to her, you get to choose. It's not that easy. It's not as easy as it sounds, but you get to choose. Because she's like, so I get to choose if I'm good? And she's like, it's not as easy as it sounds, but you get to choose. And we get that heart-to-heart between them two regarding... uh, 
Corey not being able to utilize her powers or control them as easily either. We also get a heart-to-heart between Dick and Corey. They get into this heart-to-heart where the love is back in the air. Yes or no? <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. It was, so, it, it was a lot of subtext, but it was definitely there. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, well, no, it was... <laughs> There's a lot that, in that. <laughs> listen, when he said, I, you know, I heard that you were thinking about leaving, and he's like, I think you should say it. You think he's going to say because I want you to say And he says, the team could really use you. And Corey then says, you're right, the team. Because she's like, no, you mean you. You just don't want to say it. Yeah, that's true. I can use you, Corey. I love you. <laughs> she so, don't want you. You don't know who <laughs> she, she wants. wants. You don't know. <laughs> and the Dick Grayson. Okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> Here's the thing about here's the thing about uh, we have this heart to heart and then we get this third heart to heart between Hawk and Dove. Hawk mm-hmm. and Dove, of course, when we're talking about, about finding Jason, let's forget. <laughs> let's not forget that the the centerpiece of this is that Deathstroke says, "I will exchange Jason Todd for Rose, my daughter." Now, I I do have a fundamental problem with this. Death, Rose is, for better or worse, Deathstroke's daughter. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's ever abused her or how he's treated her. We just know Rose has run away. She's not talking about it. A lot of kids don't like their parents, but that doesn't mean they're bad parents. Sure, is he a supervillain? Of course. Who isn't? <laughs> what? That was the question. <laughs> Would you give Rose back in exchange for Jason Todd? No. I, would, I, 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 I wouldn't, and... I see, I don't want to go too much into Dove and, and um, Hank, but I see where Hank is frustrated and like, let's do this at first, but then you see him kind of grow, not grow up, but like come to realization, but you can't, you can't trade one for another, you can't really work with a supervillain because you never know what their plan B, C is, and you expect them to have a plan B and C and everything else, so you can't just trade one for another because at the end of the day, you're also being bad by trading one person, putting them in a bad situation. Where Hank was coming from. You guys are both heartless monsters. No, I, I was just, I was because he explained. He was like, she's not one of us. Jason is, and I mean, you know, if you've like he has been a hero for some time, he's probably dealt with betrayals. He's probably dealt with strangers who become villains, and you kind of have to understand it from their world as this, you know, the DC universe of, you know, yeah, that sounds that doesn't sound nice, but it's kind of like, well, what choice do we have? That's his. I think he was also thinking, if that's his daughter, Deathstroke's not going to hurt her. That's what he thinks. And it's like, he's going to hurt Jason. He's not going to hurt his daughter. Well, it depends on what happened mm. in her eye. Here's the, Joaquin, here's the thing. Like, Here, here's the thing. Here, here's the problem. The concept of being a good guy is that you're always a good person, no matter what, to the consequences. You're always going to act as the good guy. That's mm. what being a good guy entails. But what if, but what if, like the right choices are sometimes subjective? Like sometimes you have to kill a villain because you know if you lock them up, they might get out again. I mean, there's been pl- plenty of times where superheroes. Even Batman doesn't kill. That's why the he's Joker's killed still before. Around. He is not killed because he should. I'm just saying that the whole thing of the moral high ground or the universal truth isn't always. Um, Universal in the sense of the immediate. Sometimes you do a, an act. Like, let's say you know that this person is going to grow up to be like Hitler. So you go whatever, back in and time you, and kill And you try to Hitler. kill Hitler. Yeah. Or you got to be like, well, you know, I can't kill a baby. That's a great... But, like, you know he's going to be that's Hitler. That's a great question. That's, you know what? That's actually a great question. Killing baby Hitler. What? Moral implications. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. The yeah. moral the moral answer is no. You would Don't not kill, kill a baby. Don't kill baby Hitler. What? 
No, it's I mean, you can change. Baby Hitler. Well, the thing See, is, like, that's the whole thing. The did... problem is, you are going back in time just to kill instead of change. Yeah, and they did that Jeff. same thing in Legion. The last, the last season of Legion, they tried to do that same thing. Where like, should we kill David because he's going to be a bad guy? Like, da, da, like you can't, you can't really do that because you got to. If you're a good guy, you got to feel hope. You know, you, all the all the corny symbols, but you have to actually believe those things. Well, let's go to the chat. Do you guys at home think we should give Rose back? Or not, would you do that if that was the option? Yes or no, give Rose back. Hashtag give Rose back, yes or no. Let's answer that, especially in the comments this week. As we get into the last of the last, of course, we get this heart-to-heart between Hank and Dove. Uh, we get Dove putting Hank in check, Hank going haywire, Dove telling Dick that she will burn this down if it goes on. We'll see how that plays out. And, of course, they get this reminiscence of the Titans. Let's remember the Titans. What are they about? Look at what happened. More importantly, Jason Todd falls at the end. Is he dead, yes or no? No. no. Mm, we'll Put find out. <laughs> News and gossip. Hit me. After Buzz TV News. Get two pieces of news this week. This week we get a discussion if Jason Todd is a better Robin than Robin. Uh, a really great discussion on Screen Rant. You guys might want to check it out. Do we think that Jason Todd is a better Robin than Dick Grayson, who is supposed to portray the original Robin? We get Jason Todd with, of course, his abilities and his demeanor, and he plays a much better sidekick. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Secondly, as we were discussing, we were talking about people of color in the writing room, especially on DC Titans. Well, lo and behold, Bianca Sams, who wrote this episode, is not only a person of color, she was born in the Bay Area uh, and attended New York University's Tisch School of Arts, where she earned the distinction of being Tisch's first ever triple major. Awesome. She's an actor, dramatic writing, and Africana studies. We need her to write the whole season. We need Beast. her to write so much more because she was a big part of the originals. It was so awesome. We love the originals. She was a staff writer on the originals in 2000. 2018 year and coming into 2019 here we find her on DC Titans so Bianca Sams we love you we don't like the hair comment of course directed towards Corey he doesn't like the hair comment as much as we go (laughs) for our news and gossip black people who are blondes don't agree let's let's talk about (laughs) the last sign you're not a martyr you're a con man preying on those weak enough to follow you oh yes time to play our game don't be a dumb dumb. That's not the word. What's the name of this? <laughs> that wasn't very smart. Thank There's so you. many different renditions of this thing. Anyway. Yes. That wasn't very smart in which we we dedicate a time to something that wasn't a very smart action on one of the characters on the show. Yes. Chauncey. My pick is, of course, I think the very obvious is Dr. Light. I think basically it was like, you see how methodical Deathstroke is, and you basically was just like, I'm going to do my own thing. He kind of pretty much uh, foretold his own death. Mine is Dick Grayson, simply because he continues to get in his own way. He has a team. He has Corey telling him, work with us. He has Rachel saying, I want to be in. I want to help. He has everybody. But yet he decides to pull a Dick Grayson and tell him all one thing and then go the opposite way. Mine's going to have to be Gar. Gar shouldn't have stuck his hand in, in, in Rachel's dream. I know what he was going for, but Gar, uh, <laughs> have we not learned? Okay? Uh, here's the thing. It was stupid. He got cut. He could have died. We don't know what that power is. He doesn't know what that power is. That and when he turns into a tiger just to lay by Rose's bed. Uh, let's get into some predictions. And now. 
Jeff K. Williams Jr. the third. Yes, Jr. the third. So no, for in in the last scene, you start to see a helicopter come over Dick. So I think my prediction is that Bruce Wayne is going to help out Jason as he's falling, and he's going to be the person to save Jason in that situation. Interesting. Um, I think it's either going to be Connor or uh, perhaps uh, uh, Donna. I don't think I would love it to be Corey, like for her to be, so they can show her flying because Starfire can fly. But I don't think they're going to give it to her um, for this one. I think it's going to be Connor, and uh, yeah, I think eventually Rose is might just decide to stay with the team. That's kind of my interesting because yes, I was also going to say in the chat, most of the people agree with me about giving up Rose. In the chat, they do. Yeah, I will say something <laughs> quickly to the chat. Right is right, even if no one's doing it, and wrong is wrong, even if everyone does. That is a moralistic, ethical argument. Now, mm. I will get into a prediction. Starfire has all her memories back. Does she remember she can fly? We will find out next week as we get into it. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Jeff K. Jeff K. Williams Jr. Yes. the third fourteen <laughs> on all those social media platforms at Jeff Will underscore Junior. Chauncey K. Robinson. You can find me on my YouTube at Twisted Woman CKR. You can also find me on Rotten Tomatoes, where my review of Joker spoiler-free analysis went up on Friday. Wow. Can't wait to read that. And you can find me at I Am Tehran on all social media, on the atmosphere, in the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, and of course, hosting a slew of other After Buzz after shows, because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows, too. Until next week, we will be talking more DC Titans. Can't wait to see what happens to Jason Todd. (laughs) Bye! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.